Hello, and welcome to the Cultivated by Karen show. I'm your host, Karen Antonini. This show is a blend of culture, cuisine, and comfort. So if you're interested in exploring culinary and cultural experiences, learning about people whose love for food and drink have inspired enterprises, and discovering a few new recipes, you've come to the right place. Welcome, friends. Today, I am delighted to introduce my guest, Shabnam Russo, finalist in Queen Elizabeth's Platinum Jubilee Pudding Competition. Shabnam lives in North London with her family and works part-time at her husband's skincare clinic. As a hobby, she caters parties for friends and family, often creating a fusion of foods drawing upon her own heritage and that of her family. Shabnam originally worked in finance, yet her passion for cooking as well as philanthropy has led her in a different direction. Constantly dreaming up her next fabulous confectionery creations, Shabnam more often than not can be found in her kitchen, cooking for different charitable causes close to her heart. Today, Shabnam will share with us the story of her award-winning Platinum Jubilee cake, the inspiration for creating it, and she will share a very special and timely recipe. Welcome, Shabnam. It's such a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you for having me on the show, Karen. It's a real honor. Oh, the honor is mine as well, I can assure you. Shabnam, I can only imagine what an exciting time this is for you, creating two fabulous cakes for historical royal events. Absolutely. We have the upcoming um, King Charles coronation in May, and um, I was selected to create a recipe for His Majesty, and it's a really uh, crowning moment for me. And it means that I can represent um, the Commonwealth and our community in the United Kingdom, which is so multicultural and multi-ethnic. And it's a great opportunity, and I'm really looking forward to sharing my recipe with you. I can't wait to hear it. I know our listeners are going to love that. So tell me about your background. When and where did your passion for cooking begin? I grew up in India and I grew up surrounded by poverty. So food was always something that you thought about. And, you know, as a child, I was hungry a lot of the times. So I feel that food is a gift that you can really give someone And I think that there is so much hunger in the world, not just in developing countries, but also in the United Kingdom, where we know that children are going to school without lunchboxes because their parents can't afford to feed them during their holidays, during their vacation, during the Easter break. It is a real problem. So food is my passion. And I think feeding the needy is something that I grew up with. And it's it's something that my parents uh, raised us to do as children is to share, even if you don't have enough for yourself, you still have to share to people who need it more than you. So that's how I was brought up. And and that's been my inspiration throughout life. That's so important. And I know you do so much charitable work. It's it's really inspiring and, and so commendable. Did you grow up cooking with your family, your parents? Or was there someone who influenced you? Yes, actually, uh, both my parents worked full time seven days a week, which meant both me and my sister had to fend for ourselves a lot of the time. So we spent a lot of time in the kitchen rummaging, going through recipes, and uh, my grandparents looked after us most of the time. And my grandfather had all these cooking books from his time when he was in England. He used to work with Unilever under British India. So he had all these British books. That's where my fascination for British cooking came about because a lot of the ingredients you couldn't find in India, but it was so fascinating to read about puddings and cakes. And we would spend a lot of the weekends with disastrous results. That's how we passed our time. You know, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have iPads. It was just books. You would sit in the library and spend your afternoons just reading. 
And that's where my inspiration for cooking came about. Out of necessity of being hungry and having to feed ourselves. So I think that's where I learned how to cook. I love that. So did you, when did you uh, make your way to the United Kingdom then? 20 years ago, I met my husband in India. He was, he's a doctor and he was there doing charity work in Rajasthan. And at that point, I was working in hospitality and I was looking after all these doctors who were running their medical camps in Rajasthan and we fell in love in Mumbai. And soon after we got married and I moved to the United Kingdom. So did you continue cooking? It's always obviously been a passion of yours for a long time. Were you cooking all the time? As an immigrant, when you move to a country, you don't have family, you don't have friends and you have to start from scratch. And your community is everything. So uh, with my children in school, we started with little bake sales and then we had the quiz night. And then I started cooking for people in the suburb where I live in Hampstead and a lot of fundraising events that are happening. And uh, during the pandemic, especially, we were cooking for the NHS and we were making about 71,000 meals over the pandemic for the nurses and doctors and hospital. So that's how it grew, to be honest, you know, just through word of mouth, people said, oh, Shabnam, she's a great cook. Why don't you ask her to help out? Or, you know, I was the ambassador for Macmillan Cancer Charity. And I also cook at the Future Dreams Breast Cancer House in, in London as well, where they host lunches for Southeast Asian women. So, you know, just through word of mouth, it grew and, and, you know, my passion is cooking and I'm happy to cook for everyone. So it keeps me busy. That's so wonderful. I know, I know personally, it's so therapeutic for me as well. And to be able to give, like you say, food is a gift. So to be able to feed people, it's pretty special. So you also, you also cater parties for your friends as well. Right. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, my friends have had their 40th birthday parties. Their children have had bar mitzvahs in the suburb. Another friend uh, is Indian and she's married to an Englishman. So they wanted a fusion menu that I created for them. So a bit of blending the East with the West. And I think that's what the United Kingdom represents. And that's what the monarchy represents. The Commonwealth is a very important role for the monarchy. And um, I think my cooking represents that as well. That's so fascinating. It's true. So... How did you hear about the the pudding competition for the Queen's Platinum Jubilee? How did you first hear about this? You know, on social media, I could just um, see this advertisement from Fortman Mason saying, do you have a pudding fit for the Queen? And um, it's just something that I applied, you know, without any thought or thinking. I make this um, Persian cake that is really popular. And a lot of my friends say, Shabnam, you've got to get this into the stores. Nobody's ever tasted anything like it. It's with rose and pistachio and saffron and mascarpone. It's, it's a beautiful cake. And I've made it for many celebrations. And they said, you know, you, you should have a platform where you can exhibit this cake and people can actually taste it. So as soon as I saw this ad, I thought this would be perfect for the queen. This is such a royal cake it has gold leaf and saffron and it has the roses you know the tudor rose is a very important symbol in the monarchy in england so you know the we had the tudor rose around the cake which was beautiful as well so it just happened in a split second and and i had no i had no idea that it would be shortlisted to the top five in the competition and when i had mark flanagan who's the head chef uh, to the royal family called me on the phone and he said shabnam this is mark flanagan from buckingham palace i nearly fell off my chair i couldn't believe <laughs> <laughs> but he understand the ethos behind my cake and the recipe and it was a beautiful journey to be honest but it was just something I saw on Instagram and I applied in a split second wow sometimes that's the way to do it you can't think about it too long or you might not do it 
Exactly. So true. So what was the criteria for the competition? What were the requirements, if there were any at all, to creating the cake? Well, the first thing they said is it has to be a pudding. It has to be a sweet dessert because some people actually gave in recipes for like a courgette cake and a cheese, you know, cheddar cheese and courgette savory cake. And they said, no, it has to be a pudding. It has to be sweet because that's what the British tradition is. And, you know, when you go to school, the pudding is a big deal. After every lunch, children get pudding. And my son comes home and says, it was pancake day. I got two helpings of pancakes. So, you know, it's a very, very important part of the culture and the schooling system over here. And the second thing was it had to be an original recipe. It couldn't be something that you picked up from anywhere or you were replicating. It had to be your own recipe. And the third thing is it had to be very simple because everyone should be able to make it in their homes. It can't be something very complicated and can't have too many steps. And I think my recipe was the simplest from all of them. So when we were tested in the kitchens at Fortum and Mason, I was the first one to finish because it was really very simple. It starts with a Victoria sponge, which is the basis of all my cakes. And everybody has a good recipe for a Victoria sponge. So it, it was a very easy recipe to make and it still looked beautiful. Oh, it's gorgeous. The pictures are amazing. So how did you get your inspiration for the cake? I know what it's based on. Can you can you explain to our listeners? About oh, so like I grew up in India and a lot of the inspiration I get from my childhood. And the Faluda is a Persian dessert. It's something you find on the streets of Mumbai, but it's also you can find it uh, in Washington, D.C. You can find it in Brazil. There are different variations of it. And, you know, bubble tea is a kind of Faluda. So, you know, you have a bit of milk and you have some vermicelli noodles and you have some fruit in there. So it's almost like a milkshake. And it, it's like a release in the summertime when you're so hot and you need something cold. And it's a dessert for everyone. So everyone could afford it. And it's something that I would beg my parents on the weekend when they were not working, saying, please, can you take me for an iced faluda, you know, dessert? And uh, it's something that I really wanted and I grew up with. And it's, it's a street dessert. It's a dessert of the people. So I wanted to introduce that into my cake to represent all these people around the world. So it's really the flavors of the Faluda that was really the inspiration, the blend, the fusion, like you said before, that, that made it different and unique. Yes. And, you know, when I had the chef of Buckingham Palace saying, I want to understand more. I want to know about the Faluda. I've never heard about it, but it sounds absolutely phenomenal. So to hear that from the head chef at Buckingham Palace, then you think, yes, this is definitely something special, something simple, something special. What an honor. Oh, my goodness. This is absolutely incredible. And what makes your cake so historic? Well, you know, India has a very, very long love affair with the United Kingdom. You know, we were a colony under the, the British. And I think there's a very strong influence in India from the British Empire, whether it's our railway system, whether it's our schooling, whether it's our education and a lot of our food, you know, fish and chips, shepherd's pie. We have our own Indian versions of it. And, you know, the British as well, their, their tradition of drinking tea is something that's coming from India and Sri Lanka. And, you know, the Darjeeling tea and the Earl Grey tea, these are things that, that are coming from the colonies. So I think there's a very historic connection between um, India and the United Kingdom. And the Commonwealth is, is an important part of that. And you have a, a secret regarding the design of your cake. Can you share what the secret is? Yes, you know, I heard a rumor once uh, where somebody said that if you have any sharp edges on the cake, it's, it's going to bring down the monarchy. And that's a superstition that they believe in. So it can't be a square or rectangular. So I said, OK, the cake has to be very rounded. 
and have no sharp edges and uh, you know that's something that i introduced into my cake it's a secret it's not many people know about it but i'm surprised you found out about it <laughs> i do my research and i love i love that you found that too because it makes it even more special so who were the judges for the competition well, phenomenally, we have Dame Mary Berry. She is um, she wrote the Bible for British cooking. You know, everybody follows her recipe. She's on British television. And, you know, uh, Princess Kate says that her children recognize her and she cooks a lot from Mary Berry's books. So she's like a British tradition in every household. So she was a tough one, a tough judge to have but uh, really knew her stuff. You know, when she touched my sponge with her finger, she said, you must be so proud because it's so moist. And you to, to have her touch my sponge, it was like I died and went to heaven. And then we had Roger Paisy, and he is the head pastry chef at Fortum and Mason. So he was so wonderful because remember, we were all amateurs in the kitchen. And, you know, to work in a professional kitchen, it's quite daunting. You know, I had all these white powder, sugar, baking powder, corn flour, and I couldn't understand which was which. And that's the first thing I saw. So he was just really relaxing. Let me help you. What can I help you with? And then we had Monica Galetti. She shattered the ceiling for women in hospitality. She has Mare Restaurant and she's uh, a judge on MasterChef. So she comes across as being very strict, but I think she was really a big fan and a big champion of my cake. And I got the feeling that she was really backing me um, during the competition. So it was wonderful. And then we had obviously the internet sensations. You had Matt Adler and you had uh, Miss Regular, who was Miss Foodwise, and they're all internet phenomenals. Um, you know, they have a huge uh, following on TikTok and, you know, very trendy uh, recipes. So they represent the younger generation as well. So it was nice to have that. That's just incredible. What, what an accomplishment. So you've had this success and it's really put you on the map. And so, so tell us what happened recently um, with the King's, King Charles coronation coming up. Please tell us, share with us what happened for you. Yes, so recently I had a call from Eden Communities, who's one of the uh, royal charities, and they do a lot of education for, for people in society. And they wrote to me saying, you know, we've been following your journey and all the charity work you've done. And we want to nominate you for the Queen's Award, the coronation champion for all your community service that you've done, which is a great and huge honor. And of course, if I win, then I get to go to the coronation uh, Jubilee concert and I get to attend the garden party at Buckingham Palace, which would be amazing. But it's just nice to be recognized. And it's not something that I did alone. You know, I had a whole community supporting me, you know, with the, with the funding, with setting up the stands, with the baking, the parents in the school, the children. It's always been a community effort. So it's nice to be recognized because it means I can do so much more. So it's been amazing. Yes. Oh, that's amazing. Well, I wish you the best because it, it's so well deserved with all your your community work and charitable work. It's incredible. So tell me about the cake that you have created. We'll save the recipe for after our break. But tell me, tell me how that came about who asked you to create the cake for King Charles, the coronation. So I was approached by Best Magazine, which is one of the very well-read magazines in the United Kingdom. It covers everything that's happening in the country in that given month. And they had a special coronation issue where they're giving away gifts and uh, a trip to a hotel in near Windsor Castle. And it's their big coronation issue. And they said, Shabnam, we'd like you to create 
a recipe for the king for his coronation, something historic, and it would have to be something that the king and the queen consort would enjoy. So that was amazing to do because you know after I've done it for the Platinum Jubilee, and to have this experience again, it's like uh, really nostalgic for me. So I was reading about the king and about his taste, and he he attended the repair workshop, which is a program on the BBC, and in that he requested to have an Earl Earl Grey tea with a splash of milk and some honey. And that actually is what my cake is about. I said, I want to incorporate this, you know, in British Columbia, they call it the London fog, apparently. Earl Grey, Earl Grey tea, where you add a bit of milk and it's almost like a latte with a bit of honey. And I've incorporated that into the cake that I've, I've made for the coronation. Oh, wow. Okay, that sounds fantastic. That's actually how I like my tea as well. <laughs> a little milky, <laughs> a little sweet. That sounds delicious. So what is next on the horizon for you? Are you working on a book or another great creation? Well, to be honest, I'm working with uh, a new charity, which is Comfort Cases. And uh, they are fundraising to make uh, backpacks for children in the foster care. So a lot of children in foster care, they don't have their own belongings and um, they carry whatever little they have in bin bags, in black bin bags, when they go from home to home. And we said, you know, we need to protect the dignity of these children. You know, they have a hard life. They don't have a toothbrush. They don't have toothpaste. They don't have a clean set of pajamas. They're always wearing recycled clothes. Sometimes there's a shared cupboard where they get to pick whatever's available. It may not be their size, it may not be something they like, but they have to wear it. So uh, we want to build 8,000 rucksacks to send across the country for children in foster care. And we want to make sure that they have a clean set of pajamas, a teddy bear, toothpaste, toothbrush. And that's what I'm fundraising for. And during the coronation, I'm going to hold a, a ladies picnic on the heath in Hampstead Heath. And, uh, you know, get our community to fundraise for it so that we can reach our target of 8,000 rucksacks. Wow. So that is this summer. That's amazing. That's really amazing, Shabnam. We are going to take a quick break, but please don't go anywhere. When we come back, Shabnam will share one of her recipes with us. You don't want to miss this. Have you ever wondered how confectionaries are made, how spirits are distilled, or how scallops are harvested? Well, I'm Karen Antonini, the host of the Cultivated by Karen show. Each week, we'll take you around the world from the shores of Nantucket to the hills of Donegal to the Douro Valley. Our guests share their inspiring journeys, recipes, tips, insights, and more. Find us on Apple Podcasts, iHeart, and Spotify. If you enjoy the show, please don't forget to subscribe and like. Follow us at Cultivated by Karen show on Instagram. Welcome back. I'm your host, Karen Antonini, and you're listening to the Cultivated by Karen show. For more information about this episode and others, please visit Cultivated by Karen show on Instagram and cultivatedbykaren.com. I've been speaking with my guest, Shabnam Russo, about the cultural influences of food in the UK and her incredible award-winning cakes. Shabnam, I know that our listeners would love to hear you walk through your special recipe. So I'll Turn it over to you. 
So as I mentioned earlier, every great cake starts with a Victoria sponge. And that's something that I like to take through all my recipes. It's the basis for my platinum pudding, why I added saffron to make it more ethnic and to elevate my recipe. And this recipe has the Earl Grey tea and the milk and the honey. And that's something I'm incorporating into the Victoria sponge. So I'm going to call it the, the King's Charles sponge. So you start with 375 grams of self-raising flour. 375 grams of sugar, 375 grams of butter, eight eggs, two tablespoons of baking powder, two tea bags of Earl Grey tea, and a teaspoon of honey. So you cream together your butter and sugar, and when it's light and fluffy, you add in your eggs one at a time. You sift in your self-raising flour with your baking powder, and you fold it all in. In the meanwhile, you steep your two Earl Grey tea bags in a one-fourth cup of milk, till it's nice and strong and you pour the milk into your batter along with the tea leaves and you mix that and fold that together and what I use is a Nordic Ware crown shaped bunt pan now that gives it a real royal feeling so I fill my bunt pan with the Victoria sponge and the Earl Grey tea and we let it rest for 10 minutes and then you bake it for about 30 to 45 minutes and that is your Earl Grey sponge and then I serve it with a clotted cream fudge which is carnation milk that you cook with butter and sugar till you reduce it and it's really thick and then you pour that as a glaze over your sponge cake. And then you decorate it with edible flowers or lavender. I want the cake to look like High Grove. High Grove is uh, the King's Estate and all the proceeds from the High Grove honey and High Grove tea goes to the Princess Trust, which invests a lot of time and energy into education. So I want the cake to look like a High Grove garden. So whatever you have growing, whether it's roses or lavender or even rosemary, so just make it look like a garden and decorate it in your own style. Oh my gosh, I feel like I can I can smell it and visualize what you're what you're describing. That sounds absolutely delicious. Shadnam, do you have any tips for us regarding bunt cakes? I know, you know, working with bunt pans, it can be, especially when they're more intricate with the design, how to, so it doesn't stick. I know on Instagram, I saw that you were, you were teaching people how to flip it over. Any tips you can share? Absolutely. Using a bunt, I mean, you have to follow the strict rules, otherwise it's going to go wrong and you're going to end up with half your cake in the bunt pan and half of it out. Believe me, I've been there many, many times, but I think I've mastered it. I think I've become the queen of bunt now after I've practiced it so many times. The first thing you do is if you have a new bunt pan is to wash it with soap and water and don't use anything abrasive on it. So use a very soft sponge to clean it. The second thing is to use a good baking spray. So in the United Kingdom, we have PME. So any baking spray that you can find online is, is perfect. Do not use butter and grease the pan and dust it with flour as many of the recipes tell you to do because the lecithin in the butter actually uh, makes it very greasy and your cake will actually stick to the bun pan. So get a professional spray because it just comes out so beautifully and the design is just intact and perfect. The second thing I would do is I would let your cake batter sit in the pan for 10 minutes before you bake it because that way the batter can go into all the design in the bunt pan. So it has time to settle into your intricate design before you bake it. And the third thing is to invert it 10 minutes after it comes out of the oven. Don't wait for it to cool too much because then it ends up sticking to the pan. At the same time, you don't want it to be too moist that when you turn it over, it breaks apart. So 10 minutes is the perfect time to let it rest before you invert the bunt onto your plate. So those are the tips I would follow strictly. Those are great tips, especially the part about letting it sit. I've never heard that about letting the batter sit in the pan so it fills the spaces. I've never heard that one, but it makes sense. So Yes, and 
I use Nordic wear. I love their bun fans. I know it's an American brand, but um, I find that the designs that they have, especially the crown, which is perfect for the coronation, it's a really beautiful design. Absolutely. I use them too. I think they're they're just beautiful. So thank you for that. What is your favorite pudding, Shabnam? My favorite pudding has got to be the sticky toffee pudding. <laughs> yes. I love British hot pudding. And you know, my husband who's Italian cannot understand how you can have a hot pudding. He's all about the tomato. He's like, I don't understand. When I moved to the con- country, the chicken is cold and the pudding is hot. He just couldn't get his head around it. But I Toffee pudding. I love the caramel and I love the hot pudding. So I, I would say that is my favorite. Uh, I do too. <laughs> I like a good <laughs> sticky toffee pudding. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Shabnam. Where can people find more information about you and your cakes? Well, I'm on Instagram. So if you follow Shabnam underscore Russo on Instagram, then you'll see a lot of my recipes and my creations. And if you're planning to make the coronation cake, then I will be sharing some videos within the coronation month for you to follow. I can't wait. I'm already following. So I encourage everyone else to follow you as well, because it's it's really a treat. And what an incredible journey. Again, congratulations. And I wish you the best with the award and everything else, your charities, and really appreciate your time here today, Shavnam. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Karen. It's been a lovely journey. Thank you for sharing it with me. Uh, it's my pleasure. Thank you, friends and fellow food aficionados, for joining us today. I'd like to thank my producer, John Iannuzzi, Park City Productions. See you next time for more culture, cuisine, and comfort.